Look at this gospel lesson. This comes from the gospel according to St. Mark. And in the gospel according to St. Mark, it always seems like the author, St. Mark, is pushing things forward quicker and quicker, as if he wants to get to the resurrection. We hear words like ephtheos immediately, all the time throughout this gospel. One thing happens right after another, immediately, immediately, immediately. It's as if there's no pauses, there's no breaks or anything like that. And we see part of this happening even in this gospel. If we look really carefully, this is more than halfway through his gospel. And he's still trying to make us understand this point that the time for Jesus to be crucified, it wasn't the time just yet. And we know this because he comes and meets this family and the boy is convulsing. Because as soon as Jesus is present and the demon sees who is who is in his presence, the demon is getting all furious. And this is causing a commotion. Remember, this is in a village. Everybody knows what's going on with everybody else. And as Jesus decides to heal this boy and to bring the demon out, more and more of a tumult starts to happen such that the the people in the town start gathering around. What's going on here? And as they're coming, he can see them coming. The sense from this gospel is that Jesus quickly says, all right, get out. And so the demon gets out and leaves, and then the boy's like dead. And by the time all the villagers get there, they say, well, this boy's now dead. And then Jesus, is, Jesus raises him up. Why did he rush? Why didn't he let everybody just come and see exactly what he was doing? The point was, he knew what was going to happen. He knew that eventually he was going to be arrested. He knew that he was going to be crucified. He knew that he was going to rise from the dead. But he had to finish his job of preaching. He had to reach as many people as he could. If things, if too many people got a hold of things right away, he could be in jeopardy and his preaching wouldn't be finished. His ministry wouldn't be finished. We get this sense from Mark that he's always trying to hide a little bit, a certain part of himself, so that when the fullness of time comes, when he completed everything he needed to do in this world, then the end would happen and his glorious resurrection would take place but not yet. And we see this consistently through the Gospel of St. Matthew. Uh, Mark, pardon me, Mark. And part of the point for doing this is that Jesus has to explain what's going to happen to himself to the disciples. It takes a long time for them to really understand what's going on. And in this lesson at the very end, we see that privately he takes the disciples aside and, and starts to explain to them that he is going to be delivered up into the hands of men, he'll be crucified, and he'll rise on the third day. He has to keep doing this over and over to the disciples so that they could get it. It doesn't mean that they were dumb. It doesn't mean that they were blockheaded. This would be a hard thing for any of us to understand. 
And these people that he picked are going to be the ones that lead the church when he's ascended into heaven. So he really wants to make sure that they've got it straight and they got it right. That's why he pulls them aside and talks to them privately about all these things. So he can make sure he's building them up the whole time. Now, ultimately, what's Jesus driving for in this driving towards in this gospel lesson, and in, indeed throughout the gospels? It's all coming up to what we're about to celebrate in just a few weeks, the Holy Resurrection. Its importance can be seen here through what happened to this boy. Here we have a boy who's possessed by a demon. Now, let's not say that this demon possessed him because of sin. We don't know why the demon went into this boy. It doesn't matter. But let's at least look at this as an analogy to sin. As an analogy to sin. And what does sin do? As the devil was doing this to the boy, they dash him on the rocks. They try to destroy him. And that's exactly what sin does for us. It destroys us. Sometimes it destroys us by a quick dash against the rocks. And sometimes it's just a little chip that keeps happening over and over and over again against us until like a great mountain after eons we are withered away into nothing but particles of sand. The whole point is that sin will ultimately destroy us unless we have Christ, unless we ask for forgiveness. The falling asleep of the boy is like Jesus' falling asleep. Him rising is Jesus rising. And the understanding for us is when we bury sin by understanding Christ's resurrection for us and what it was for, when we bury sin with, within the tomb, it gives us a whole new life, a life of eternity. This is given at this particular point of the year because Pascha is so close. And the thing that we need to be constantly having in our minds is to, don't, is to not allow sin to destroy us, to dash us into the rocks, or even to slowly chip away at us piece by tiny piece. And the way we can do that, there are ways that we can stop this from happening. One is to simply have faith that the Lord has indeed gone to his death and rose from the dead so that all of us can be saved. But the other way he does it is by offering us a chance to receive forgiveness. That happens in a couple of ways. We can always ask forgiveness in our prayers, but it happens most importantly when we actually go to confession. Because this is the thing that truly drives it out. Sometimes if we, if we just ask for forgiveness in our heads and in our prayers, 
It doesn't fully get rid of it. It doesn't fully clean it. But when we receive the grace of the Holy Spirit, because it's not the priest who forgives sins. Nowhere in the Orthodox Church does the priest say, I forgive your sins. It doesn't happen that way. The words are, the grace of the Holy Spirit through my insignificance has freed you, has forgiven you. It's the grace of the Holy Spirit that's given. It's what we're doing is we're asking God, drive it out, and the Holy Spirit does, so that we won't be dashed against the rocks, so that things won't chip away at us. Because when we don't do these things, and most of us have experienced it in some way or another, and we allow something inside of us to keep gnawing at us, we never feel whole, we never feel complete. We know that something is wrong. We know that we're not spiritually completely well. It's like I am today. I can speak, but my voice isn't where it should be yet. It's not complete. But that's what forgiveness does. That's what the resurrection offers for us. A chance to bury sin and to live a life free, unshackled, unaffected by all those negative effects that sin brings upon us. Amen.